welcome back to Background Centuries. Background Centuries, consistently unchanging. Uh, on this week's episode, we have a new segment. We have a new, uh, yeah, we have a new segment. No, you want to you wanna explain the new segment? Well, it's not exactly new, but it's, it's now becoming, I think, uh, probably yeah. a permanent fixture of the Background yeah, Centuries we, we, experience. We noticed we had a lot of fun talking about, you know, arts and 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 music and and we thought that there's definitely a space on this show for that and so we decided you know why don't we just stop messing around and just dunk both of our feet right in the the pool of you know possibilities and and create a whole new segment about it so and do you want to do you want to tell them what the segment's called this segment's called breath of fresh art And yeah, in this segment, like we already said pretty much, we're just going to be deconstructing a piece of art that we feel passionate about. Yeah. So, and, and Ethan, you, you had something you would, you sent me a letter in the mail that I just got, um, I just got today. It said, um, you know, said, I have a great idea for the first episode of our podcast. So I'm sending you this. It's a, it's a, it, you know, something I'm really passionate about. I want to talk about. And I just, I just got it. Um, so I was wondering if you could just, yeah. Start start this ball rolling. Yeah. So last time that we sort of went down this trail of talking about art, we 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 dove into the art form of live of live theater. So that sort of got my the, the cogs uh, grinding. And There's no business like sh- like show business. Is that a um? Is that in a is that a musical? I feel like we should move on. I. I'm gonna edit that. Were you? Did you write? You didn't write no, that, I, did you? No, I, it's it's dumb. Can we? No business. I think it's a famous, famous song. Yeah, I mean, I, I probably, I probably just don't. Probably, I probably just don't get it. I, I, I wasn't singing it right. I, I probably, I probably, I probably could have had a better, uh, you know, about yeah. Can we? So uh, the the musical <laughs> I want to tell you about Noah is uh, it's currently yeah. touring in the West End. And it's touring right now. It's touring right now. Yeah, you can actually go right, see like, it. Right, like it's in in the in the summer of 2020, year of our Lord. Mm-hmm. It's touring. Yeah, yeah. You can go Is into that, a into a live theater with other human beings sitting right oh, tons shoulder of people. shoulder watching it. Oh, tons of people. Is that weird? Is that weird? You're looking at me like it's weird. No, I think that the Skype must be messed up because that's perfectly normal to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's touring currently, and uh, the name of this the name of this musical is Caged Light. And no, I know that you're familiar with this, and we've we've sort of brought it up uh, casually, yeah, but but never never in great detail. So I figured, yeah, I mean, now's, and, and, the, now's and I, the time. Yeah, and and for those of you listening at home or in the car, wherever you happen to be at the time, the reason why we haven't talked about this, and I'm just going to go ahead and acknowledge the elephant in the room ethan was kind of nervous talking about this with me because um i was actually in the running to be um to to star in caged light yeah i just wasn't sure like when the right time was to bring it up you know yeah 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 and i made it really far in the audition process you know i filled out the forms i just couldn't end up i just couldn't end up you know sending them Sent, sending him 
you know, getting the whole audition, I couldn't like I had I had you know a song picked out and you know I was all ready to go, but then I just couldn't. It's too. It's really scary. Yeah. Well, and I know that you weren't you were feeling less confident in your song selection anyway. I know that that was a big source of tension for you, yeah. just not well, knowing it, if it, it was, was the right. It was, it was it was short notice. I didn't have a lot of time to pick a, a song, and I just kind of had to do one that I had, I had known. And you know, I, I I spent a few summers in a classical music conservatory, so I really only had the stuff that I trained on there. So I had to I, I had to go in there, and I was I was going to sing All Star by Smash Mouth. Yeah, and so it it, it was it was a source of, it was a source of tension for me for a long time. You know, I was very torn up about it, and you know, I couldn't even hear the songs without um kind of spiraling into a deep dark existential hole that would take me months and months to climb out tooth and nail just to hear the first three notes of the overture again to be spiraled back into that pit of despair that starting to feel like home at this point and i don't know do i know anything else other than this pain and then you start to wonder (laughs) about life you know, yeah. So yeah, we just haven't talked about it because of that. Um, but now I, I think that I, I think I think I'm ready to just dive in because I I do love the story, the music, and then all the other stuff that goes into a show. Yeah. Well, like like we like we always do. Why don't we just start with the basics with with the, with the story? So mm-hmm. Caged Light is a, a kind of a kind of brave little toaster experience. All of the main characters are appliances and various furniture pieces and electronic devices. And the the main character, uh, which sort of where the, the title of the show is derived from, is a lamp with a deficient lampshade. And the creators of the show have discussed how this was meant to be an analogy about sort of um, sort of arbitrary boundaries that sort of hold in or keep in our true selves. Um, and the the idea is to, through this main character, break down the facade of mm-hmm. a personality. Mm-hmm. And yeah. lots of really big big topics and, and and big questions that for many has created um, a sense of existential dread for mm-hmm. others a profound sense of hope for the future hope. yeah because because some people um and I, and it, and it's <laughs> it's so unique this this piece this 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 show because you interpret it depending on where you are. Some people focus on the cage, whereas some people focus on the light. And people, and, and, and you know, it, studies have shown that usually people who feel like their life is a cage relate to the more hopeful aspects of the show. Whereas if people feel not necessarily pressured in by, by you know, stresses of of financial distress and 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 other things like that they they start to feel very claustrophobic in their um in their cage you know yeah and there's something in in particular that i wanted to sort of behind the scenes uh 
inquiry that I wanted to bring up with you. Um, and it has to do with the controversy around Luminous's costume. Uh, Luminous being the main character. The main character, um, yeah. There was a big controversy around the costume that the actor had to wear because of the design, even after multiple revisions. Do you want to mm-hmm. do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. Um, for those of you who haven't seen the the set photos, or you know, you're not going to be able to get out to the West End to be able to watch this. Um, so Luminous. He starts off the show Everybody, all the characters starts off the show They're all wearing Black leotards And they're all Portraying The furniture or appliance That they're they're assigned to Um, But they're portraying the spirit of it Not necessarily the physicality of it And as the show goes on They start to take on more And more costume pieces That sort of put the picture together Um, But Luminous is is is, is a little his <laughs> but it's luminous it, it's it's hard to say luminous is is distraught because whereas everybody's still in their their black leotards he has transformed and has woken up and has become this full fixture quite literally and and the reason why I feel like this was such a controversy is because for so much of the show you are dealt this dramatic juxtaposition of everybody else wearing black leotards still because you know it's still early on in the first act where you have Luminous who is wearing this very very um, bold you could say you could say bold costume and and the design of this costume um I don't. Do you think it would be inappropriate of me to to kind of describe? I'll, I'll, I'll say if you're if you're under the age of thirteen, maybe you should probably turn this part off. Um, yeah, yeah, because it, it. I know that some would describe it as maybe a little bit racy, but uh, yeah, to, to drive yeah. the the point home of why it was controversial, I think we need to yeah. sort of help clarify what what it is mm-hmm. we would have been seeing if, if we were there. Yeah, yeah. So um, now that it's just us adults, well, hey, you know. Uh, <laughs> Um, the the costume was actually just a repurposed bumblebee costume with the groin and butt cut out of it. Um, bumblebee from the movie Transformers. Right, right. Um, and and it was it was a very nice. It was one of the more up upper scale costumes. Like it wasn't just a nylon suit. It was you know it had armor chunks on and everything and it was I think that they actually rented it from Universal Studios uh from their mm-hmm. Transformers experience there was a yeah there was some contract that they they agreed with you know um to, yeah. to uh, license the costume to them yeah which which is interesting that they would do that because because of the said defacing of the costume you'd think that Universal would want to distance themselves from that and and I think that you know history will tell that they probably wish they did because of all the negative backlash and and um like like Ethan said this was this was a costume that was on its third or fourth revision and it was still it was still causing a ruckus um and so in in the current performances um the prosthetic buttock and also external genitalia is used instead of the original you know just just going commando out there you know having a having a grand old time um but still, but still, people are people are sending in letters, and who knows where those letters are going? You know, nobody 
nobody knows the address of this show, so they're just writing letters and giving them to their local mailmen. And I know that there was some um, some tension even uh, displayed from from the Jewish community in the UK, um, being that certain ones believed that the that the prosthetic used for the external genitalia were actually like a pointed a pointed attack on um, circumcision yeah. Um, yeah. being that it was conspicuously like an uncircumcised penis uh, for the mm-hmm. for the prosthetic so I know that yeah. there was some um, some letters sent um, yeah. to to the theater the the, the company um, from the Jewish community saying like hey um, what is this saying and mm-hmm. is it a statement on circumcision and if it is um, how can we make this more inclusive? Um, mm-hmm. Could we have two penises, one circumcised, one uncircumcised? Sort uh, of a double barrel situation. Yeah, and that was never really fully resolved. And there's many who question the validity even of that story in the first place because there hasn't yeah. been any official statement from any prominent rabbi in in the UK yet. Yeah, it's really interesting that there's no... We, we're hearing this story, but nobody nobody's talking about it. Nobody... You know, n- neither side has commented on whether or not this is true. Um, I don't even know where I heard it. It's complete radio silence. Um, but Ethan, I, I feel like, um, you know, it was good to address this, but I think that this amazing work of art has been, um, there's been so many distractions about it sur- surrounding the, the costume choice. And so I feel like we should we shouldn't focus too much on the costume choice and we sure, should we sure. should start talking about you know, the, the the important stuff not not more you know less you know the surface level you start you know sinking our teeth into this yeah well wh- then why don't just because talk- i don't want i don't want to feed into the stigma of of you know oh let's let's boycott this this show because right right you know minor or major exposed to genitalia it's like well daniel radcliffe can do it Right. Yeah, and if he can, why not? You know, if Harry Potter can do it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I agree. I I agree wholeheartedly. So why don't why don't we transition to and talk a little bit about the music? Um, There's Mm -hmm. one there's one moment in particular that I want to I want to bring up to you because I found it so captivating and so interesting, Um, and it is it is the the Act One finale. Um, and it is it is the moment of, of of inspiration on the part of Luminous, and um, and it's uh, I'm gonna how hope I get this right because I always forget the the exact mm-hmm. title, but I believe it's um, All Is Clear Now. Is that that's the that's the Act One yeah. finale, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, because mm-hmm. um, I yeah. know that it's like it was it, it, it was parenthetical. Um, is the clear now? It's like it's all is parentheticals clear now, but you can say all is clear now. That yeah, that tracks because I remember that there's like there's various reprises and even like three parts to the Act One finale because it's such this climactic moment. Um, I can never remember exactly which which area it lands in, but there's this moment in all is uh, in parentheses clear now, where there is a a progression um, at each at each succeeding measure. Of an increase. Wait, hold on. Yes. Can you say? Can you say measure again? Merger. <laughs> okay. Never uh-huh. mind. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 
there is a, a, each succeeding measure, um, there is an increase in the numerical value of the meter. And so in at the beginning of the song, it is just uh, succeeding uh, ones as it lays down this this like pounding, uh, pounding, driving uh, beat that is supposed to um, supposed to elicit in the the sense of luminous's like pounding heart within them mm-hmm. as yeah. as they begin to um, realize themselves and, and that at each measure increases so it goes from mm-hmm. just a one a one beat measure mm-hmm. uh, to two and and that that continues um, throughout as we continue to add these syllabolic references um, in in his in the lyrics to account for this accumulation of, um, of, of self and this realization of self. And it's, it's so cool because um, I don't know if you've seen on YouTube the actual performance, but at each addition of a syllable with its accompanying uh, measure and the numerical value of the meter, there is a light that strikes on stage that accompanies that increase in, in mm-hmm. meter, yeah. So not only is luminous um, adding parts of them of themselves, and, and not even adding, but realizing parts of themselves. Yeah. There's this light that strikes on as they continue to become this full expression, and yeah. there are these incredible, I, I mean, mind-bending quick changes. With mm-hmm. each light, there is a new costume piece that actually. Um, flowers and emits from the 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 singular costume that that they're wearing. Mm-hmm. I, I still I've watched it a million times. I still can't I don't know see. How they do it. What, yeah, I still can't I really see don't. where the change is happening. No. Um, but yeah, and, and do you want do you want to uh, say the? Uh, I mean, you talked about the the increasing measure, but do you want to say the 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 way that they um, perform that live is so interesting, and I've I've never heard of anything like this where they actually have. A tracker hooked up to the actor who's playing Luminous's his heartbeat, mm-hmm. um, and they have that fed live to the conductor. And for this specific song, they give um, the, the actor who's portraying Luminous they they give him a special dose of cocaine. Mm-hmm. And as the song goes on, the cocaine kicks in and kicks in more, and his heart rate elevates. And they've portioned it out perfectly mm-hmm. to where his heart rate will go at the right points at the right points in the music and mm-hmm. so when you're watching it live you're actually you're actually going along with his um heartbeat in real life yeah it's this this pulsating driving force at the whole song and it you actually- think that the controversy surrounding this show would would be the the use of cocaine yeah there hasn't really been a word of that yet no no um but yeah, this so the the piece continues and it actually it actually uh, progresses into this canon uh, feeling so that it's almost this um, this reverberating and echoing type effect so that when as luminous seeings um, the, the increasing amount of syllables it's you know I I am I am me I and then it, that continues mm-hmm. with, with yeah. the other performers so that there's just this clamor of of self-realization it really is it's quite a transformative uh, transforming Absolutely. experience to see live yeah 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 and it's different every single time 
because you know they try to get the doses right, but you know who knows. And and I want to talk briefly about uh, probably my my favorite character, and that character is the Frog Monk. And I want to just talk. I want to talk about him for a second and his. Um, oh, I, I say I say he. Uh, I I should I, I apologize. This this character is not gendered. Um, the the actor that I had seen. Uh, happened to be happened to be a male, but um, it, it, it's not a gendered character. I apologize for that. Um, it, the frog monk acts as a sort of um, narrator, mm-hmm. but also, also the this is the part that I want to talk about is at the end of the show. They say that the frog monk was actually luminous the whole time. Yeah, it's so. Uh, I mean, yeah. And then the whole cast does a does a unified wink at the audience. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I I I've been trying to figure out what, what that means for for a, such a long time. And then and then that added on to the part in um in Act Two. I think it's Act Two, Scene Seven or Eight, where. Um, one of the appliances, I think it's the blender, realizes that everybody else got a different power adapter, and so as as they moved from England to America, the blender was um, found without a source of power because they didn't have uh, an adapter, and then the blender had to get thrown out. It was this tragic thing. Yeah. But it's it's hinted that the frog monk could have stopped it, like within the fiction, which doesn't make much sense. If anyway, it's it's complicated. Yeah, and do you actually want to want to say a little bit more about the death scene of the blender? Because I think it's really like pivotal. Ooh, it's heartbreaking to the yeah to the the story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, at this point, um, I, I feel like we're skipping over a lot of story beats, but uh, it, uh, it yeah, makes sense when you're watching the story. But at this point, um, the 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 cyber virus has infected the cast, and um, there has not been an antidote discovered or even thought about yet. And so, in this tragic turn of events, the cast who we've fallen in love with, they're they're lovable, they're great actually ruthlessly tear apart um the blender limb limb from limb and the blender who is also named blendy i i feel like we should say the name because yeah. then there's also there's um Cheridin, which is the chair mm-hmm. um and then there's there's globus which is you know the model globe and mm-hmm. you know there's there's more of them there's bedspread which is you know Obviously, yeah. a dresser, and then framed um, in sort of the unsung hero, uh, the 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 picture frame of the family portrait. Yeah. I really, I really like now. As long as we're gonna head and spoil everything, I really like at the very, very end when they zoom in to framed in, and it is exactly the picture of the cast. Yeah, the, 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 it's the, it's the end pose of the cast, which is crazy. I don't know how they zoom in. I, yeah, for a live theater experience, it was pretty tremendous to realize that your perspective is actually growing closer and closer to the cast. And do you want to know what? Do you want to know what? How they did that? Y- yeah, I, I I don't know. I haven't heard. Um, I I I I only know this because I was on the dark web one time. Um, their their deal with Universal actually transcended just the use of the cost the Bumblebee costume. 
they were also able to use some of their um, 4D equipment. And so as we are zooming in, quote unquote, to this final tableau, we are actually not zooming in. The, the audience is actually on this big car, you could say. And the car is just driving close. Oh, my God. Yeah, I had no and so, idea. And, and you don't even realize it. Wow. Yeah, and th- and that would explain a lot of the complaints for like uh, motion sickness experienced motion by a sickness. lot of the audience. Mm-hmm. That uh, obviously because it was sort of a trade secret uh, of the show, they weren't able to disclose why that was happening. Uh, yeah. But now that totally makes sense. And, and there was audience members who lost limbs and stuff because it would get caught in like the, you know, whatever. And and again, for the sake of art, they had to say, "Ooh, looks like your leg fell off, fell off." Sorry, you know, I. Yeah. I can't ruin ruin the mystique of the show. So right, right. Um, yeah, no, it's it's uh, yeah. The, the death scene of of Blendy, the the twist uh, framed in you, you know all all this all the while you think that it's a picture of of the family and the house that they belong to, but really all along it was the cast was inside of framed in. And yeah, the show was inside of Framed In the whole time. The whole time. I mean, every one of them, um, you can think at some point in the show, was inside of Framed In. Mm-hmm. And, um, they, all, they were all inside of him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and right, but right, as, right as we leave um, this, this segment and, and head into our next one, I think that, I mean, I have to. I have to. I have to just sing a little bit. Oh, I have to sing a little do. bit. Please do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's hear it. Okay, and I'm and I'm going to sing um, a, a part that Luminous sings because I, I did learn it, um, you know, post the post audition, <laughs> um, and and the song is called. I think it's time to switch off. Oh, so good, so good. Okay, yeah, yeah. Take it away. Da-na-na-na-na. That's just the beginning part. When I get real low, where do I go? Na na na, na 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 na. When it starts to snow, will I still glow? Na 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 na. na. Oh, electricity! Flowing in and out of my circuitry I think it's time I think it's time to switch me off So I can rest So I can rest So I can rest And so can you What a vision. What a vision. (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) 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 Well, man, thanks for for sharing that. Uh, That takes us out of Breath of Fresh Art and into fan favorites. Pinpoint. Pinpoint. 
Ethan, it's episode 11. It's episode 11, and that's probably the most important episode. I mean, you you know, screw episode 50, screw episode 100, screw episode 420. We don't need those episodes because episode 11 is is our golden episode. And so for this episode, I want to do something a little bit different with Pinpoint. Oh, we always okay. talk about we always talk about history and we always talk about the lore, which I think is so important. Mm-hmm. But there's another side of the history and that is the biohistory. And I'm talking about aminals. I'm talking about the specific aminals of this place. Mm-hmm. And so what what I'm what I'm going to do is, you know, we we you know, though we don't know um flora and fauna as much as we know history, we still know quite a bit. And so let's just see what we can figure out about um Bolivia. We can talk about Bolivia, right? Do you do you know anything about the the native um you know, wildlife of Bolivia? What um what region of Bolivia specifically are we talking about? Cuz it's pretty has a pretty diverse topography. Yeah. I'm I'm going to say I'm going to say um just for the sake of the um the show, I'm going to just say the northern tip. Just the tip. Just the just the tip. Okay. Um, so the just the northern tip of Bolivia, there is a a very unique uh, a very unique mammal that was discovered in uh, in the early thirties, uh, and pre- previously un- unknown to science. That um, is natively called the the Nihe, mm-hmm. uh, but is actually a a close a close relative of the uh, Germanic word for Nihe, uh, which is where we get our English word nice, N I C E. So just a little etymology there for you. Um, mm-hmm. The hey Ethan, I I etymologed all that. No, wait, hold on, I et. I ate all I ate I ate emology all that up, all that information up. Oh, sort of like a joke thing. That was got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Got it. So the funny thing about the the reason I bring up sort of the the the, the tracking of of Nihe to Nice is that there's actually a very close um, there's a close relationship between the word for this mammal. And our American word "nice" and its colloquial use in our culture, that I will get to um, momentarily. So the nihe is a mammal that is sort of a paradox of of science. It's, it's sort of this puzzle that many biologists are still trying to to solve exactly, pertaining to its. Um, it's, it's biological functions within its intestinal tract in conjunction with its throat cavity and its respiratory system and the way that they interact. It's very, very interesting. So uh, to see a picture of the Nihe is, is a, I mean, a trip. Uh, I mean, for lack yeah. of a better word. It's, there, it's, there's, there's no other way to put it. It's bizarre. Uh, mm-hmm. what, you, what you'll see... Your first impression of the Nihe is an animal with with two heads, but mm-hmm. on opposite ends of the body. And when biologists first uh, first saw this this mammal, um, they 
they believed that it might have been uh, like a defensive mechanism, um, almost like the way that certain butterflies have like faces on their wings. Um, th- they believed that the second head on, on the rear quarters, on the hind quarters, was uh, like camouflage in a way to scare off prey. And because who who wouldn't when, you know, just tramping through the, the woods, see that and be like, oh, my God, what 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 have I just stumbled across? This has to be some sort of crime. It has to be this a crime. being. Yeah. Um, and, and so that was their first impression. Um, and at that point they had yet to, they had yet to catch one. Um, they had only come across it and, um, our very earliest accounts and, and images of the, of the animal are just sketches really. Cause that was all they were able to capture of the animal. Yeah. When they, because f- the, the Nikkei can, um, swallow a full size adults whole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when they, when they finally got their hands on one, uh, for one thing, they they found the remains of a prominent biologist that went missing months before, along with their with their notebook with all their notes. So they were able to learn a lot more from what this biologist had had discovered about this animal from from the the carcass from the inside. Uh, to their surprise, and I would venture to say their shock and horror, was that the second head on the hindquarters was not a, a facade. It was not. A, a camouflage. It wasn't uh, an additional functional head with a throat mm-hmm. that was able to uh, eat to digest. Just underneath, though, were, were were exactly the hindquarters with the genitalia. And when they observed even even closer on the the side that they first recognized the head as being the head, there were you guessed it another set of genitalia. And so the Nihei that they ended up coining this, this mammal to be was sort of a, a play on words with a popular sex position in, in Bolivia. Um, and so it was, it was meant to be this joke. And when, when they first, the explorers first came across it and named it, it was kind of just this joke. They're like, oh, you know. Because, because, you know, there was still plenty of people who didn't believe this even existed. And so... That's why there was a there was a a breath of levity in in the naming of this creature because because people were like oh you mean you mean like the you mean like the sex in the sex thing yeah they just assumed that it's still going to be a while before the general public accepts this as a real animal so you know we have a window of time to sort of goof off about it before we have to get serious about naming scientists this animal. are always trying to goof off I mean it's it's very known among the uh, the 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 scientific community um, mm-hmm. that that uh, Bolivian biologists have a have a levity in the way that they the way they conduct their business, and so needless to say, time went on. The name never changed; it just stuck. It it, it really just made sense. And so, uh, I guess to get back to my first point about the tracking, sort of the, the etymology of the Nihei, um finally became. The uh, the English word "nice," which has many nice. many uses, um, mm-hmm. it, it can it can be a little bit more of a literal a literal use. Just like that's a very nice a very nice person, which is describing a person who's just friendly, uh, maybe gentle, um, someone mm-hmm. nice to be around. Um, so it can have that meaning, but in other senses, it can have a more 
um, a more colloquial yeah. usage of, um, you know, doing that, a skateboard trick, doing a skateboard trick, you know, nice, you know, nice. Um, and, and then say, say some other stuff that say it's, it's nice. I mean, it could be, uh, in, in referring to something that, that looks, that looks pleasing, like, oh, that's, nice. that's nice. That's, that's nice. real nice. That's real like nice. if you taste like a nice hot dog. <clears throat> that's nice. Real, that's real nice. Yeah. Nice. And then, um, of course, in reference to um, probably one of the one of the greatest numbers to grace to grace mankind. To um, grace the alphabet. To grace the alphabet. Uh, and so, it's 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 nice. funny the way that you know uh, etymologists and, and linguists have uh, really tracked down this this link um, and how how it's really shaped. Our our slang in America and our our, our shorthand for discussing um, some of the some of the more um, some of the more inspired sex positions, um, mm-hmm. and and now it's just it's a it's a permanent fixture in in our culture that we we owe to Bolivian um, biologists from from mm-hmm. the from the nineteen thirties. Yeah. In uh, joke. God that, bless them. God bless them. And what started as a joke has now really informed and shaped um, the way Americans respond to um, some of the better sex positions. But a lot of a lot of history started off as a joke, right? I mean, sure, sure. Like, like the the British kings, the British monarchy that was supposed to be a joke. Somebody was like, "Oh yes, I'm." Uh, um, I'm the, the 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 ruler, you know. I'm the bo- I'm the boss, you know. And everybody was like, hey, "Nice joke." <laughs> yeah, and then you know, here prank. we are, millennia later, literally millennia. Yeah. It's been, gosh, five thousand years, at least five thousand years. Yeah, yeah. There, there's just been um, jokes have made their way into history books more times than I can count. The polio vaccine prank. Yeah. And yet we still talk about it as if it's this like great step forward in, in science. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> outer space joke. That's a joke. Yeah. Yeah. Outer, like you think, oh, there's just rocks in the, in the sky. Why they would fall down. That's a, like outer space is a joke, but still we have everybody teaching about outer space. Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, a joke taken too far, it sort of just becomes a part of your vocabulary for explaining and describing reality. And obviously, like, we all know that rocks can't float. We all know that. I mean, but it's just, it's one of those things you just accept as like, okay, you know, it's just the way that we're going to be teaching science, you know, you know? Yeah, I guess that's just how we're rationalizing everything, which is fine, I guess, you know? Um, But the earth is round. The earth isn't flat. That's I wanna I wanna draw a line in the sand right there because people who think that the Earth is flat, like I don't know, man. We have pictures of it from outer space, so I don't know what you're talking about. Um, anyway, uh, another uh, one more thing I wanna I wanna talk about the 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 the, the Nihei or the Nice. Um, just that I thought was really interesting is um, oh, Ethan. <laughs> Sorry, hold on, Ethan. I just got an email. Oh yeah yeah. Sorry, Ed. Um, this never happens. Sorry, it just said breaking. No, no, breaking it's okay. News. It's okay. It's breaking news from Bolivia. That 
That's crazy. Okay, hold on. I'm just going to read this real quick. Oh, my goodness. Ethan. This what, is crazy. This is that? happening on mic. Um, it's just... They just discovered... Right... Like, right now... That... The Nikkei was actually... Bred by humans. No. What? It was gene spliced. Oh, my... That... That changes yeah, everything. Because it says because they finally they, they caught one and they were wondering why it wasn't matching any of their databases for for species and that's because it has the eyes of an octopus, it has the legs of a cow. Oh my gosh! It even has the horns of a ram. So, okay, okay, so, so the that, jaw of a snake. Yeah, this is great. It has a whole list. I'll send it to you right over. Yeah, I, I need to. I need to take a. Because this is going to change the way that I. Uh, okay, let me see here. The jaw of a so it actually does become unhinged, like a yeah, like a pie, wow, unhinged. And the oh, and the ho- the hooves aren't even are interesting. Okay, so what I'm seeing here is that there's actually like a, a timeline that we can see from the remains of various Nihei. There are not. There are not hooves on the earliest documented remains mm-hmm. of the Nihei. That was actually a later development with, with yeah. further gene splicing. Yeah. It used to just be human hands, which is dark and disgusting. Well, there's, there's no reason that we never saw these pictures. I mean, this is a... I mean, it's, it's, it's horror, uh, for, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, wow. This is... This is I, I feel like I'm taking part in history right now. This is fantastic. Wow, I, I don't know how we can go on because I, I feel weird talking about the things that I quote unquote know about the Nikkei now because, you know, there's just a whole bunch of new information. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I feel like we need to just add an asterisk to this one and just yeah. say that this is um, this needs further development and and oh re- further yeah. references. We, we need to yeah. we need to come back to this at a later date because we just uh, what we thought we knew. Um, we just oh need gosh, to sh- we need to diagram. Ethan, there's diagrams. Oh my. Oh my. Oh my god. Ethan, there's diagrams. It's horrible. It's It's horrible. Noah? Anyway, so I feel like we should just probably move on. Oh, you okay? Yeah, yeah, I just had to throw up. Okay, that's good. Uh, well, I guess that um, we really should. We I think that we should just that should take us out of our of our last segment. Our last segment, and take us into our last segment. Last segment. Oh, like the closing, the closing of the show. Like oh. we're gonna we're gonna that that that's our last segment. So here we go, right into the last segment of the sh- like the segmented part of the show, which is like the segment of the show, which is the end would be the last segment, not the last segment that we did. Hey, are you like, are you okay? We had the two. S- are you okay? Sorry, I'm just still thinking about the Nikkei, and I I think I might I think I might need a few. I think I might need a few. I think I might need a few. Well, that takes us out of pinpoint. <laughs> oh gosh! Hey, if you're listening and you, hey, enjoy- there, there, there's a bunch of people out there who just 
have dirty mouths. Their teeth are disgusting. Ethan, what's the answer? Remind them, remind them what to do. Please don't forget to brush your teeth. Hey, and if you're listening and you enjoy what you're hearing, uh, tell your friends about it. Yeah, tell your friends. Uh, rate on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this, um, and and give us some feedback. And you know, uh, we we would love to open a dialogue about the true facts that this show is about. Absolutely yeah. true, 100. percent Yeah, we'd love to hear from you, and we'd love for all your friends to know about what's going on here in background centuries. And this has been Background Sentry. With your background boys. Noah. And Ethan. Always more to learn. And always last to say. Keep, keep it, it skippy, skippy Transylvania.